My name is Matt Brown. The Heat knocking down some shots. The first finals game in franchise history is a rousing success. Denver's 9-0 and at home in the play. And let's start the show. Four seconds. Murray, step back. Three-pointer. Won't go. Fight for the rebound. Morton. And it's over. The Miami Heat have tied the NBA Finals. What's up? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Tuesday, June 6, 2023. First, remember, today is D-Day, and we honor and never forget those brave soldiers who went to the beaches of Normandy and helped change the perspective in the European theater in World War II, the turning point of World War II in the European theater. We thank you to all those veterans who made the ultimate sacrifice and the veterans who went in and gave it all they got. And ultimately, like I said, D-Day was the turning point at the European theater for World War II. And I feel the world is a much better place than it was after that. So again, we remember those who fought on D-Day, past and present. Also here on June 6, 2023, we have the NBA Finals to discuss. The series is tied at 1-1, the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets win game one, the Heat win game two, and we're going into game three tomorrow night in Miami to see who is going to take the next step into becoming an NBA champion. Both games were very unique. Game one was pretty much all Denver, and then game two was a real slobber knocker. The team's going back and forth, but ultimately the Miami Heat show why they are probably the grittiest team we have seen in a long time and now go into game three with the home court advantage and try to take a couple more games before they go back to Denver. So this is pretty exciting. I think we all agreed that this was going to be all Denver except for Bars, the Heat fan in this, but mostly the country and all NBA fans were pretty much feeling like this was Denver's championship to win. But this Miami team just won't go away. They won't back down. And if one person doesn't make moves, then somebody else steps up. Bam out of Bayou in game two. He really is the reason why this series is tied at one game apiece. And yeah, let's see ultimately where this goes. Time to discuss these very intriguing first two games of the NBA Finals with the productive NBA crew, Hayden Alex faces and bars. We have another full crew tonight and we'll put our picks and predictions for game three and we will discuss where things are going and also some other highlights within this series. Like is Denver imploding for some reason? We see Mike Malone is very upset with the team with his post game comments. Apparently we've had some other Nuggets players have some choice words after what seems to be more of a lazy effort from Denver after them just owning game one do we see now the return of tyler hero in game three how much does that make an impact is bam out of bayou gonna play like he did in game two and trust me if he did then he is gonna win mvp and the heat are gonna win this series but can the joker just be the joker and show why he's probably the very best player in the nba and i know game two he wasn't having that as many assists as he usually does and he failed to record his standard triple double but ultimately as the series gets deeper and as we get closer to a champion i'm sure we're going to get a lot of memorable games out of it so why don't we talk with the crew let's make some predictions let's talk about what happened so far and just reflect on the first two games of the nba finals and we will be back after game three we will record on thursday and release that on friday and yeah let us see how this all unfolds and let us enjoy this podcast together the crew is here the productive nba crew faces hayden and alex let us talk some more nba finals here we go this is a very productive conversation two games in the nba finals in the books game one goes to denver game two goes to miami denver owned it in game one and then Miami showed their grid at game two. 
Series tied at one. Now we'll see in a best two out of three from here on out. So the NBA Finals have been very interesting, and let's see what happens. Hayden, Alex, and Faces with us this evening. What's up, gentlemen? Not much. Excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to have you all. So with this series tied at one apiece, the four of us all expected the Nuggets to win pretty handily. Had uh, no bars tonight, but he was the one person who picked Miami. Yet, uh, I think the whole nation expects Denver Denver to dominate. Yet, Miami beat them in their own home courts. So tell me, guys, how is Miami staying alive? And will they stay alive for the rest of this series? It seems this team just won't die. Well, no. I mean, no. I mean, what Miami did... Uh, sorry, sorry. No, <laughs> like... To 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 see so like game one I think the the final score was they lost the uh, Denver won by eleven but the game was like well over before that like it was it was a lot of garbage time that that kind of covers that um, Denver didn't even play well uh, in in game one like they shot like under thirty percent from the three point line um, Jokic had like under twenty points it was like a whole home game for him and they still pretty handily controlled it for game two to happen. For Miami to win by three points, which was basically a, you know, should Mike Malone have called the timeout for to run a better play from going into overtime, which Denver probably would have won based on the, their comeback. Miami needed everybody except for Jokic and Murray to score under 10 points. Vince, uh, Gabe Vincent um, and Duncan Robinson to go off. KCP to foul three-point shooters in the act of shooting twice. And like that's and they still only won by three. Like that shit is never happening again for that to happen. Like it is I'm pretty sure they'll they'll figure out like they're not gonna leave Duncan Robinson or Gabe Vincent open as often mm. as they did that game. Like some of the, the I think it was the the third quarter one on the pin down where um both uh I think it was Brown and and Braun, both of them went after uh, Duncan Robinson. Like that shit's not gonna be happening again. Like it, it was like we we expected most of us to expect Miami to get one. This was it. Like the stars aligned for them to do it. Okay, so you would you for all purposes say this was a fluke win from Miami? Yeah, they really probably should have gotten their asses kicked in that game. Like that game looked over going into the going into halftime. Or like right whenever whenever Denver went up fifteen. Like they went on like a, t- a thirty to two run or something in like ten minutes. It 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 looked basically all. Yeah, and you know the difference of three throws, especially. And you know, Miami didn't get a lot. What well, they only had two free throws in game one, and then game two, multiple. Um, so that obviously really helps. Also, Bam out of buy, you're really stepping up, Alex. You're muted. <laughs> well, it's not even saying mute on our end. Um, I'm sure yeah, Alex will right. fix. I'm sure Alex will fix that shortly, but um, we'll wait for his hot take. Um, yeah, no, this is like, like, yeah, they're gritty and they're they're getting the money and stuff for like gambits and shit, but like, they'll they'll adjust. They'll put. Uh, so the big adjustment was they switched Kevin Love into the starting lineup so that mm-hmm. they actually had some size to try to guard like Aaron Gordon. Okay. They'll just drag Kevin Love into every pick and roll now. He's still not going to be able to guard him. Or they'll just they'll just uh, run more pick and rolls with somebody else. Or they'll they'll stick Jokic in the corner to give them more spacing or something. It's not like this is a uh, a team that still has the size or anything to to play the defense that's going to really sh- shut down Denver. Like most of it is right. Denver just didn't play great. Like they. And Miami did a pretty good job of staying attached, though. So they have a couple of days to to figure it out. Um, I still don't like. I, I think Mike Malone probably should get more heat for not calling a timeout, or at least like. And yeah, that doesn't really seem to be the narrative today. Not a lot of people really blaming him in, in the media. But like, I haven't seen at least. And this is the thing that I keep harping on with Denver is is is. Um, is the Jamal Murray, it's Jamal Murray time. Like, the ball should have been in Jokic's hand. The man has hit, like, absurd buzzer-beating three-pointers. 
I would have still given it to him. And like, even mm-hmm. as good as Jamal is, I think that Jokic just had the better option to to do it. Yeah, I'm still having trouble with um, Alex here. Um, um, I guess I'll wanna just hop. Do you want to just hop in and out, Alex? Yeah. And then, um, can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Is yeah. it better or is it like? Terrible? Oh, we 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 hear you. We didn't hear you at all. Yeah, no. I, it's set, I'm on my PC and I haven't run my PC in a while, and I think it's just being weird. And this mic I had plugged in for a while, I think it's acting up, so I just moved to my camera's microphone. So it might oh, not be no as worries. clear quality, but so sorry everyone. But oh, it's totally. Yeah. Trust me, I've heard much worse. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. So I'm here. I'm here, everyone. We're good. Um, I was just gonna say real quick off what Fresh Faces said. To me, it was just kind of more Denver gave that game up than the Heat like dominating and winning that game. Mm-hmm. Like there were just so many annoying defensive lapses, and you could just tell Malone was furious because I don't know if you guys heard most of Malone's pregame, like his media day and stuff like that. Um, his pregame I, I, conf- comments or his postgame ones? His pregame, before going into the, like his media day stuff. Um, he was on SiriusXM, so I heard that interview. Mm-hmm. Literally yeah, said, he literally said, like, I'm not, like, Gabe Vincent and them are not going to admit go over five. Like, Doug Robinson. So we got to defend the three. And the Nuggets came out so flat defensively and were giving up so many clean looks expecting the Heat to miss them. And especially in the second half, too, on, like, that the awful defense on the Douglas Robinson with two people on Douglas Robinson, like he's prime MJ. Like you don't have to, he doesn't need to draw two defenders at any moment. Um, so that was the thing with me just seeing what the, the Nuggets were doing in that game that I was trying to say before was that it was just very frustrating. And the amount of time I saw Jamal Murray or a bunch of Nuggets players jumping on simple head fake pump fakes so that he got better looks was also infuriating. So, like, I'm not going to call it a fluke win for the Heat. It's the way they win. They're scrappy. They they find ways to win at the end of the day. But like Denver literally handed them that win. They should have won that game handily, is my opinion. Hmm. Hey, were you about to say something? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys are also like kind of not like they they also did shoot almost fifty percent from the three point line. They went seventeen to thirty five. Yeah. Um, so they also, so I would I wouldn't necessarily say that Denver like necessarily gave up the game. I mean, that sure Denver had some defensive lapses, but like Miami still they hit all the shots. Like Miami's proven time and time again throughout these playoffs that whenever they need to make a clutch shot and whenever they need to make a comeback, they could do it. Um every single series they've been down. I want to say they're they're four and two in which games in which they've trailed by ten points or more. Uh the rest of the, the league is in the playoffs is six and twelve. So I mean this is a team that they never give up uh Miami. So I think you have to be locked in at all times and I wouldn't necessarily think that Denver gave up the game. I think it's more actually Miami took the game and took it into their own hands because that's what they've been doing the whole postseason. Um, I think teams are sleeping on Miami a little bit because they don't necessarily have the stars such as some of these other teams have. But Gabe Vincent, uh, even Bam and Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson have proven they can be reliable three-point shooters and reliable scorers late in the game. So, I mean, I think in a close game, I think Miami really – it's looking pretty good. And they're getting Tyler Hero back, supposedly. So, I mean, I thought the series was going to be five. I still think Denver's going to win the series in either five or six. But don't be surprised if uh, Miami takes another game in the series. Because Miami Miami, Miami has not given up the whole postseason. I think uh, I think people are starting to sleep on Miami a little bit. Because they feel like Denver has Jokic and Murray, who are the two stars in the series. But, I mean, you could argue right now that Miami has is playing with more drive and more heart and more passion off the bench than the guys in Denver are. I mean, like fifty percent shooting, but a lot of it was, you know, guys open. Like, like it just just was, and like I, I just it was there was too many defensive mistakes. They're too good a team for that to happen. They'll they'll figure out some more motion stuff. It's this is like especially the defensive stuff. It, it's kind of similar to like the oh the Ruiz the the Jokic stopper stuff. Like you give them there's there's the, the league is too good. These players are too smart to give them like a day to figure out you throw the same thing at them. Um, but again, like, yeah, you know, they got guys who can shoot, but they're not consistent or dynamic enough, especially on the defensive end to, to win games where really Denver just plays like garbage. Cause like, yeah, 
Miami had to hit half of their threes. Mm-hmm. And Denver really just played offensively like shit. Like other like Jamal Murray didn't get into double digits to that little comeback at the end. So like that was the second one. Like granted, Jokic could score literally whenever he wanted. Um, but like, no, they'll they'll be better. I'm not like super worried. It, it, it's it's more of a frustrating loss than it is. Like I fully expect them to come into Miami and blow them out in Game Three. Like like as a as like a fuck you statement because they're they, they I think they they rightfully should know that they're the better team. Yeah. Live by the three, die by the three. Yeah, I was just gonna say it was just like a weird, also game just watching the Nuggets too. Like, uh, just seeing Michael Porter Jr. was like frustrating. He made a lot of really bad decisions, a lot of really lazy plays on defense, and you could tell even after like Malone didn't call him out, but you could tell by some of his statements he was saying, you know, lack of hustle, lack of heart. You know, yeah, he's calling out players like like Michael. Uh, and like I said, the Tavis call of Pope's two fouls were probably going to be shown by coaches to players for years to come of what not to do in the biggest of moments. 30-foot bombs by Max Strucer fouling him, waiting the shot clock. Same with Kyle Lowry, who I know people said, you know, Lowry would mean did it a little bit. He's Tavis still closed way too far in on a shot like that, and Lowry's a veteran. He's going to draw the contact like that any which way possible. He was still in his landing spot regardless of how I mean, it wasn't like he tried to, you know, drop kick him. Um, so I think the Nuggets are picking themselves. They blew a good opportunity. I think they let the Warriors, or not Warriors, the Heat get back in the game and beat these late game wars like they have been. Um, but it's just, you know, I think the Nuggets are going to come in in the next year and be pissed because they knew they let a golden opportunity get away from them by playing into how the Heat play and letting them scrap and letting them battle and letting them take momentum and hitting the big shots when they need to. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this Nugget team comes out. They also came out flat in the first quarter and they immediately turned it around too. So I don't think the Nuggets are going to have a second straight game where they come out flat. I think what was the score? It was like the, the Heat went up like 10-0 early, right, or something like that. And then they went on a 10-2 like, oh, run at the end. A 10-2 run. It was like a 10-2 run to start. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, like the, the Heat are looking like they're – and then – the Nuggets well, won on they, their match. They raced, what, like a 12-point deficit in two minutes yeah. in the last like, yeah, two 11, minutes of the game? Yeah, it's like not that, like, yeah. yeah. Like, Miami doesn't have the firepower to do something like that yeah. um, in, in the same way. No. Like, like they'll, they'll, they'll sputter a little bit more than Denver has the ability to sputter in those things. So, like, Denver Denver kicks their shit into gear like a minute earlier, they win this game. Like, it, it's, it's that simple. They get, like, one more stop. Um, yeah. It's a totally different thing. Uh, so. I also think you guys aren't realizing, like, I mean, like, I, I think Miami, I think Miami has a much greater, I think they have a coaching advantage, honestly, with Spolstra over Malone. Like, I, like I said before, honestly, I, I'm not going to say he's the best coach in NBA history, but right now, Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA. And I feel like they have a pretty sizable advantage in that department over Mike Malone. I do. I feel like um, Eric Spolstra actually did a very interesting move is that they were able to put Butler on, on uh, Jamal Murray, which was pretty smart, actually, because allowed their uh, primary ball handler to be taken by by the best player. So that way, if you limit Jamal Murray, you're really going to be eliminating their really their biggest perimeter shooter off the off the ball. Like Jokic isn't exactly a perimeter player as much as Murray is. So if you can eliminate their best perimeter player and put Jimmy Butler on there, who's a all NBA defender, it actually worked out pretty nicely. So I actually think the, the focus point in the series is more on Murray than it is on Jokic. I feel like if yeah, you stop the, the, Jamal the, Murray, then you can win the series. Yeah, but they could just run them off like more pin downs. They'll bring like Aaron Gordon into bring in into those switches where he has he's bringing Kevin Love into the pick and rolls instead. Versus where you know Love is going to have to figure out how to drop and drive. Not that Kevin Love you know hasn't figured out how to do that. You know, guarding Steph Curry. Yeah. Or they no, can I mean, do. Maybe they'll post up fucking Michael Porter Jr. I don't even know who's guarding him at this point. Yeah, they're definitely like, not going to. They're going to throw different pick and rolls other than. Jokic Murray that they keep on going to. They're going to start giving different looks to this defense to see what works. I'm not trying to discredit the Heat, by the way. Like, all power in them. The crazy thing with this postseason run is, like, if you look at their quarter by quarter, they're usually, like, negative in the difference, and then all of a sudden in the fourth, they're, like, plus 90. It's, like, something ridiculous like that. Someone did a crazy stat. I don't, I don't have uh, it. I had it before. But, like, you know, 
are they going to win the finals winning the four quarters every time or being good or great in one quarter? Not necessarily. It takes all four quarters. But, I mean, it, they do have an advantage that they have the comfortability of playing tough in the fourth quarter, and that's where coaching like Spolstra definitely comes into the play, and it definitely came into play late in that game with some of the strategy they pulled late to get the no. team looks and good shots. Yeah. I mean, kind of going off what you said, like I, I, I'm with you guys. I still think Denver's going to win the series. I just feel like they're a little bit more talented. They have a little bit more depth, and they have guys who are able to score more at the end of the game. So I'm sticking with the prediction of Denver in the series. But I'm, I'm a little nervous about the Denver in five right now. Like I, I don't know. I necessarily, I don't necessarily think they're going to roll off three straight wins. I think this could go to six, um, or seven. Actually, I, I'm just very surprised by Miami's ability to just keep fighting every week and every single series. It seems like. People are counting them out, and they're the underdogs, and they seem to pull off away. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a great series, but yeah. I mean, for for me, it's just it's so easy. Like I, I mean, all they have to do is just stop limit the three point shots from yeah. Duncan Robinson, and, and now, but they're going to get Hero back. So I mean, they've been shooting. I want to say forty nine percent the whole playoffs, uh, Miami, which is an historic pace. If you limit them to like thirty five percent or forty percent, you're probably going to win the game. Um, so I think what they have to do is they should just they should just uh, kind of like line up the perimeter. I, I would say almost run like a like a 2-2-1 zone or something like that, like where you can almost like kind of guard the perimeter, have someone fade out to the to the perimeter, like a box and one kind of. Well, the other problem they had with was they had a problem with Bam uh, initiating from the top, which is weird because that's literally what Denver does is yeah. just because Jokic is just a better version of that. So it was kind of weird that that was what they were struggling because they ran the same like same things that that Denver was doing, so it's not like they don't know how to stop it. They just, I think, this was one of those. Okay, there was more adjustments than they were really ready to handle, um, and even then, it took like an absurd amount for them to lose this game. There, it's just like they're that much. Yeah, more. no, no, they 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 should have won the game. I I I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100. percent But like um, that's a, that's the thing. It's like wrinkles within. Like there's like little things. He obviously it's the you know they're the best the best two teams left. Like. There's wrinkles into this that you have to like every little thing. It's you know you're trying to get the advantage of on like each little segment, whether it's oh um, you know KCP not playing, maybe Christian Braun doesn't play as much. Maybe we get a little bit more from Bruce Brown um, instead of KCP or something like that. Like you know it's it's going to be you know more minutes because they they blitzed them in those non Jokic minutes. Like that was that yeah. was. Like their best stretch of the game was was that when they they that early they, fourth quarter when Jokic was sitting and they just like dunked and went off and well no, I'm talking saying? about when Denver Denver went off without oh yeah, oh yeah 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 like I mean yeah that's I mean, gotta you, be a problem for for uh, Miami because those are usually minutes that Denver gets killed in yeah they found they found something that worked early to turn the momentum around for Denver and I I like seeing that. So it's going to be, again, this is where Spolter comes in. He, he made an adjustment in game two at work. We have to see what he's doing going back home. It's going to be, yeah. But for both sides, at least, I, I I think the Denver stuff is a little more interesting than what the Heat do. Like, what does Malone do with KCP after a lot of those fouls that he had? Um, you know, the Braun thing, he had some good high-energy plays, but there's also defensive lapses there. Michael Porter Jr. defensive laps is like I, I it's gonna it'd be interesting to see what they do early with their defense. Because and we also yeah. like do do we have no like update on here? Like there's no No, there was an update today. They're yeah. saying they're saying he's his soreness is not is still he still has a lot of soreness in his hand and he might not want to update up uh he might not yeah. want to uh, upset the rhythm of the team. So he may not be coming back. It was a troubling update today about Yeah, that was ago. one question I wondered. How exactly do you he put said, him he in said the rotation? He said has experience soreness and swelling in his right hand, and it, it can feel it when he's making his follow-through shooting motion. He also shared his consideration of not wanting to come back and mess up the rhythm of the team. So he may I mean, not be coming back. bring him off the bench. It yeah, I was going to say, you, have to, you, bring, you, you bring him off the bench as like a – because it's not like he's not used to doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's used to that. He started off his career in that role and did really well. And I think he's, he's off the bench. I don't think you just throw him straight to the starting lineup. Be and it's not like you can't have. replace him with, like, Highsmith if you need those minutes yeah, or yeah. something. Like, yeah. it's, you know, you put him in for, like, a two-minute stretch, see how he's feeling, um, and, and stuff like that. So there's, like, it's not like a uh, – um, 
It's a, like that's really where the, the wrinkle is, is like, you know, where is his minutes going to come into? Because it's not like they're not going to run everything at him. Like, yeah, like all like you can run stuff. It's like kind of a little different with your Duncan Robinson because just because Duncan's a little bigger. Um, but neither of them are like great defenders. Although, like we should give Duncan Robinson credit, like the improvements off the dribble that he's had yeah. in the last like two rounds is, yeah. you know, saving his career because he looked like cooked. Couple of years ago, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. But, but like the fact that he could dribble is makes it like a, makes him a more effective player that he didn't have. Like get the fucking Jalen Brown couldn't can't do can't do that shit half the time. Like that lefty layup late in that game that Duncan had was awesome. Like just to see him just be able to just be like, yeah, I'm not a shooter, I'm going to attack. And I was like, oh, you can finish your contact with your left hand. Like that's an advantage for, mm-hmm. like, for that team to have knowing like and him having the confidence to attack the basket and not just rely on his three-point shooting because he's been better at shooting obviously than he was a little while ago but to see him actively aggressive attack the basket i think that's very it was very interesting weapon that he are definitely going to be using going forward in the season just yeah. attack be confident and keep on attacking the basket too because then that adds a whole other dynamic because you're pressing more of the, the Denver defense because the Denver defense knows he's going to shoot so they're going to and that was the thing that bothered me too at times with this simple head fake that Jamal Murray kept on falling on but like you add him being able to drive and and the, you know Denver defenders running up the three-point line the next you know he beats them because they think he's going to pull up and he just drives by and that's going to be huge for the heat I feel going forward or something that they hope to have going forward in the series it wasn't just a one-game thing or or in like the next year like it gives you a little bit of a higher That's ceiling yeah. for a team that doesn't have a lot of shot creation you know the the, the the regular season while it's a slog it's also a game to experiment so if you want to have one game you see okay let's see if Duncan Robinson can be an initial creator off some pick and roll yeah. shit and maybe we, we roll that out in November yeah. and then see how it works like type stuff like that's that's incrementalism how players get yeah. better so like it it's always an improvement uh, and just, I mean, oh, sorry. No, you go, Hayden. No, I mean, I, I'm going to change subject a little bit. I mean, in terms of what Jokic is doing right now, um, I, I'll pose the question: Are we looking at the most versatile big in NBA history? I'm not even kidding on that. Like, he's one of the most. Yeah. He's probably yes. one of the greatest passing bigs. Not not one of the greatest. He's probably the greatest passing bigs in, in NBA he, history. He, in he, NBA he, history, he, he's the best. Like, I, I mean, is he? Is did he? Did you see the Harlem Globetrotters behind he, the back he did last yeah, year? Yeah. Is he? Is he Shaq? I mean, are, are we going to put him on the same level as Shaq? Um, Hakeem, um, David Robinson. I mean, the guy like, is. Just, he's the, better. The guy is honestly. He's, he's better than Robinson. Yeah, he's better than Robinson. He's, he's, he's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean, the guy. I. I knew all the whatever, but just seeing him play. Over these finals and everything, you, I mean, I've never seen a player. I've never, right I've never seen a, a, a big dispersal in my life. It's, he's probably the best offensive big we'll we'll see for a long time yeah. until like year three of Victor. Um, but like, <laughs> he his biggest flaw is really that he's just like not athletic. Like, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's the greatest rim protector. That's what I'll say. I would put Shaq and Hakeem maybe as more of like the rim protectors. But I mean, in terms of what Jokic can do shooting wise. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hakeem, Hakeem would have much more problems surviving in today's game. Than, oh, yeah, definitely. Than yeah. Definitely. Like, I mean, you have, you, to, can, you have to adjust it in terms of how the game's played. But, but Jokic could survive in the 90s. He could survive in any era. Honestly. Yeah. In any era, yeah, for sure. But like it's it's yeah he's just on like and it's and he just just every time he runs he just looks so goddamn goofy. It, yeah. Like, he's just he always looks like he's about to kill over every time you see him. He looks like he's about to die. But he's like in ridiculous shape. They always talk about it. Like yeah, he's 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 a yeah. killer out there on that. A lot court. of people say it's like TV. Like and it's the fun, it's a funny thing, right? Because there was a TV ad like ten pounds or like. You see, like, you don't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard that. I've like, heard that, yeah. You, certain athletes, right? But then you see some of these athletes in, in person, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, like, like a true that. 6'10 person yeah. literally looks like a human giant. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I feel like if we all went to, like, a, we're up close, like, courtside seeing Jokic, I think all of us would be like, oh, okay, this is different. Like, this is not. Makes sense. Like, like, this is, Just like. This, yeah, like, this is this is different, right? Like, I think that's what all, a lot of us would see. Like, to me, like, this is a different sport, but, like, in golf, I'm a big golf fan. Like 
I got to see Tiger up close. And TV, he looks like, you know, obviously intimidating as hell. But then you see him on the golf course, and you're like, oh, no wonder yeah. why everyone folded against you because you were just the most jacked person I've ever seen on a golf yeah. course. And, like, I feel like that would be all of us if we saw Jokic up close. That's what everyone, I feel like, obviously, with my work and stuff, people are like, yeah, if you see Jokic up close in person, you completely change your mind about him because you're like, yeah, he looks so on TV, but, like, if you run past me in the tunnel, it's like I just got hit by a tornado. You know, it's like, oh my god, this guy is ginormous and actually. Well, like, that's that's like shape. a thing we hear from time to time. Like the, the most famous example, like that in recently of somebody being bigger was when Mozgov came to Cleveland, like that yeah. first year, and LeBron saw him in the hallway. It was like, holy shit, this guy is big. Yeah. And then <laughs> more recently was Paulo. Like when Paulo was was walking by, and people were like, he's way bigger than you think he is. Yeah, I and saw Paulo up close, and I was like. Wow. Yeah. I, I saw him on this draft night and I was like, yeah, you're, you're a big guy. Like you are, you're a lot bigger than I thought from seeing you out on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tallest person I've ever seen. Well, I know I've been next to somebody who's six, eight and that was like, well, and then well, adding a solid remember, six inches for Jokic. I yeah. don't know if you remember in, in college, Matt, there was one of our, um, there was a guy who, who was my age. Um, his name is, uh, Matt or Adam or something, and he was like six seven. He was the tallest dude I'd ever met in my life. Like he was huge. Yeah, yeah. like well, he was like super thin. Trying to think of Hart, Hartford days. There was a guy who was like seven in Hartford when we were there. Matt, I can't remember. It was Dougal? Was it the was Australian guy? Yeah, it was a Dougal Weir. Was that his name? The Australian guy. He was like seven. He was like I, six, I definitely 11, don't seven. recognize was, his face. He was a big dude. Uh, me personally, up close, Taco Paul. That's the biggest guy I've ever seen. I was six five, but seeing that guy. Yeah, it's, it's, like, he was in the Westchester County Center. I'm not, I'm kidding you guys not. There was a doorway. I'm 6'4". I can walk through the door perfectly. He had to duck underneath this doorway <laughs> to go into the basketball court. And I was like, oh my God, this imagine? guy is the tallest person I've ever seen in my life. He had to duck below a doorway to get into the arena. It was a massive he was. Man, I right. want to see Yao Ming in person. How about Jokic? I want to see all these guys. Yeah. I need to know more games. I need to, I need to see these people close. But yeah, Jokic is definitely more than just a lovable than his lovable um, kid pictures they always show of him. I mean, well, they're yeah, just funny because he, he is special. He fucking uh, what's his face? Uh, Luca just they look they're so chubby with their kids. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're <laughs> chubby with their kids. This and, the Jokic story is always hilarious because you get like the pictures of that kid, like you, everyone shows up there. Dominic game always a picture of the chubby kid. It's out of the Taco Bell commercial on his draft day. Mm-hmm. It's like the funniest thing. But the same with Luca too. It's like. Oh yeah, Luca just dropped sixty on you. But this was him when he was like a kid. He's like this. He was like, in like kid. he was in like two K eighteen or yeah. something. He was yeah, like fifty nine or yeah. something. Yeah, something like that. It was something crazy. Like he was like twelve. That. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? Why the hell is he in this game? Like he's his rating's terrible. Didn't know he was going to be a future star of the NBA. You got to find that staff who the scouts who really found him and yeah, and also just to add to your point, Hayden, the fact that. Jokic will probably lead the Nuggets to their very first championship ever, both ABA and NBA. That's, I mean, that's legendary in Colorado for itself. And especially style of play is so fun too. Like Denver has a fun team, but his style of play is so fun. Like one of the passes from game two that I was just like in shock was he literally was backing someone down, looked like he was going to go for a hook shot. Aaron Gordon cut it and he went for the hook shot and went like above his head. Perfect lob to Aaron Gordon for a dunk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. everyone on Miami, yeah, yeah, that one too. But like everyone on Miami is like, oh, he's going for the hook shot. And the next thing you know, you just see the ball perfectly float to Aaron yeah, Gordon no, for a dunk. He, and I was like, oh my God, that like, is such an insane read. Yeah. I mean, going back to that, like, I, I mean, honestly, I think people were just like, I, I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen him a little bit play, but just seeing him play like live every day in the finals. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's, 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 it's a new thing every day. Like I, I, I'm really honestly shocked how uh how um how unbelievable they've been actually. How unbelievable he's been. Like he's and also I would like say, there was there was uh, Yeah, sorry about that. You there go. was talk about like, oh, how do we bark this guy? The answer is he's Larry Bird if Larry Bird was seven feet tall and two hundred like sixty Larry, pounds. Yeah, he's Larry he's Larry Bird or he's the Magic Johnson of centers. He, he's funny, he is he's he's you know, like sarcastically funny and he can find so many press clips of where he's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I put it in the last episode on yeah. the audio version of his yeah. quotes. He's great. Yeah. He's he's great. His his 
Pat, he's just a fun passer. He has insane pa- like ha- you can market this guy in so many different ways. It's just weird that like his brothers some- are scary. Yeah, his brothers are scary, but it's like <laughs> you have to say like Giannis, right? Like people are like, how can you market Giannis? And it's like, how can you not market Giannis? The dude is can print you money. He's the same kind of stuff. He's sarcastically funny. He has a great family, great story. Jokic, same thing. Yes. Great story, okay. funny guy. The, like the Yogi Giannis comparison was, to Bird is a good one. I, like, I actually agree. Baby Giannis stories are like some of the best shit ever. Yeah. Like the 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 smoothie one, uh, and or like him like not having enough money and he was running to the stadium and somebody picked him up. It's like that shit is great. Like yeah. Chick Fil A. All right. So I got a I got a question for you guys. Would you would you take Jokic to have the final shot over someone like Giannis or LeBron yes. right now? Yes. You would take Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah can't from those. Yeah, Jokic is the pure as way. If you're comparing Jokic and Giannis, like one, the fact one that Jokic shot, is a pure like NBA one shot at the, Like one shot at the end of the game, you got Giannis, Jokic, Curry, and LeBron. Like you, no, take Curry. I mean, you have to do Curry. Definitely but not if LeBron. Giannis, if it's Giannis, if it's Giannis, Jokic, or I don't know. LeBron. I think I'd still, I think I'd still take Jokic over Curry. Really? I think I, it right. depends on what the shot is. So if I just need one basket, yeah. I think I'm going to take Jokic hmm. because. He can, he can, he can score in any way, and he's so much bigger that like if I put him on the block, there's like three people in the league who can actually kind of dis- defend him. But if it's like okay, I need like a three, it then obviously Curry, yeah. Like, like, but Curry's so good at getting like separation. I mean, Jokic does too with like a soundboard shuffle move, or so it's tough. That's like a that's a really good question, though. but that's like a that's a I, I would I would say Curry one shot just because his shots are clean. He can always find a way with his dribbling to get a clean shot. But I gotta was, tell you though, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Butler, I, I'm I'm not saying I would take him, but he's got he's almost got to be on the list now in terms of the, the postseason. Yeah, oh, he's, got that, plus, he's got yeah. that uh he's got that uh, dog in him a little bit, Jimmy Butler. I'll say that. But I guess the thing it's like Butler is weird because it's not like. It's not like I, he hits like buzzer beaters. He, hit, he doesn't he have the like greatest numbers. He, he never yeah. has the, the greatest shots when you need him. He's still a little tentative in this season. This yeah. series, that's like a weird a little yeah, bit for sure. Yeah. He hasn't really bit. had a special moment. Bam had to be the one been, to carry. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Hasn't, yeah. But been, he uh, hasn't really yeah. been the Jimmy posting Jimmy Butler versus the ankle injury against the Knicks. Like he hasn't really outright taken over a game. But he still had like game two, like just. Not off the chart stat, but he had a couple of huge buckets in that fourth quarter. Like that big quarter three he had, he had another tough contest. He had that and one floater. Yeah. He had I a think... couple big buckets. So he's still he's still showing up. He's just not going like off for fifty six and you know, eight. He's he's doing impacting in different ways, I guess, if you will. And give credit to Bam because Bam really is showing his all around NBA skills yeah, Bam, 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 specifically. Bam changed yeah, my yeah. mind. They're uh, they're saying Jimmy Butler's father isn't like well, so that's why yeah. There's stuff going on too. Oh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's like there's yeah, there's like a story going around that his dad's supposed to not do well, so that's like what's weighing on him right now. But like, you know, I don't know. He hasn't mentioned it yet, so I guess we'll see now that this story is kind of coming out. What he says have to say about it, but obviously that could be something that's weighing on him. But he's still showing up, so it's not like he's going overs and stuff. He's he's still trying to be the best he can. It's also tough when that team in that size and they know they if they limit the scoring they have a good chance to win so they're you know hyper focused on the defense for him too also i think i saw this but i don't i haven't really seen it being confirmed i think the the thought is that jaws is going to be out half of next season is 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 that been has anyone heard anything about it's that it's not like it's john moran you talk about yeah, yeah. you know well we know that silver is going to announce it after the finals I say forty-one games if you're asking yeah, me half a season. Make I a don't. Stick. Yeah, I, just to preference everything so people know that. Like, um, don't. This is my opinion. This is not. I don't know anything on the inside of the John Moran situation. Mm-hmm. Just to put that out on, on the tip for everyone. But if Adam Silver is saying that he's waiting until after the finals to make the announcement, it's going to be either half the season or full season in my eyes. I think I so think. too. That story would overtake. That arguably would overtake the finals, and that's why I'm saying, that's why he's protecting it, right? And then I think the thing after that too is if he announces it before the draft or not, because if it's going to take away from the draft, yeah, that or, is a I short mean, window. Well, they they got They have to announce it before the draft because it's going to change. What, that's what I'm thinking too. I think it's going to drop right after the finals is day or two after the finals is over. So that the Grizzlies got to figure out what they're going to do with their draft strategy because they have to punt the season. Like if, if he's out half of the season, well, they're they're still solid when he's not on the court. 
as a team. Yeah, yeah but you, you you can't like they first yeah. they, need to punt. Yeah. they yeah. should punt anyway they just should, because yeah. they need like, like like they just need more. Yeah. Like yeah. if there's anything we just saw, they need more. <laughs> um, and so you they got they got a fuck ton of young guys that they don't know what they have. In. So they can they can like let's see exactly how good Bain is. Let's see if Jackson can make it through a whole season. And get Kenny um, Lofton have some minutes or whatever. Right? Just name who's the kid? Yeah, Kenny Lofton. Do they still have? Do they still have What the fuck is his name? Is that your Williams uh, from a couple years ago? Give that I kid. Think, a- I think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think he was playing down in the G. Was he was hurt. When they yeah, left. like like give it season, and maybe they they suck enough to get a, a decent pick. But like, you know. Yeah, he's still with them. Yeah, you, you use it as a developmental season. You, you, you they don't because they're not going to win a title next season, especially with forty-one games a job. You're, you're going to maybe, you're going to be. Let's let's say they win all forty-one games with with job. They go unprecedented forty-one and up. Like okay, <laughs> then you're probably the one seed. But like more realistically, they're going to go about fifty percent with those games because it's going to fuck up whatever chemistry they have. So you're probably looking at a play. Yep. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and that it is a short window. The draft is June 22nd. Say this game goes to seven games. That would be Father's Day, which is the 18th. So that two, Thursday. So obviously going to be a big weekend either way, but it'd be very interesting. And one last thing I want to bring up before um, we just quickly make our predictions for game three. And this is more relating to the heat and something I have somewhat mentioned a couple of times with this team, but I saw someone's tweet, Dave Portnoy of Barstool said, maybe after game two, maybe more GMs should pay attention to how these guys win rather than bending over for the Kyrie match of the world. So pretty much saying we're seeing a team working more fundamentally in role player roles instead of getting your big three and try to win that way. And if game two, if anything, showed why they should more focus on that and steer away towards the big three, do you think that is well, more the way to go? Less star well, power, more more finding role players to win games. Okay. Like uh, the 2011 Mavericks. You know what? I, I'm going to call bullshit on that. All right. You, you <laughs> still need you still need superstar players to win in this league. Like they still have Jimmy Butler. Like they still have Nikola Jokic. Two, like they have two. They have two of the top ten players in the league. Arguably, you could say. Like I don't know about Jimmy Butler, but like Jokic, obviously, you still need a superstar or someone in this league to be a superstar. I mean, whether you need a second or third guy, I think that's also true. But you're not winning in this league without a superstar. Every team that's in the finals or every team that's in the playoffs, maybe with the exception of the Knicks, has a top ten player in the league. Well, also the big three model is dead anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, never, it's not happening anyway. because of just. Like teams are going to have to build more toward how Miami is simply because they don't have the cap space to not do that. Like the, and so I actually think the, the impact of the CBA is it's going to drive down contract prices because a combination of guys with like, like you're only going to be able to pay so many people now because of the caps. And also because there's a 65 game restriction for awards that's going to limit guys' potentials for like supermax and shit. So guys who should be getting money or guys who don't technically earn it. Like Jock can't be a an all NBA recipient next year. Like he just if they oh, yeah, he's, really not gonna, he's not gonna play enough games. Don't you have yeah. to play right, uh so maybe on Jaws' next contract, he doesn't qualify for whatever the mega max is. So in that case, Jaws contract is now cut in half. Or whatever the the difference is. So, or guys like Embiid is probably not going to get to another um, All NBA team, or like something like that. Like things like that are going to drive down contracts. It's also going to up things. Like maybe we end up in a weird place where fucking Zach Levine makes a, an All Star team um, just because guys miss it, or Lamelo makes an All Star team, and now the Hornets have to pay him three hundred million dollars for for something. Like it's going to fuck with like salaries. And I think it's going to ultimately drive them down a little bit for the, uh, maybe the upper crust of guys, like their, their first contract, they're going to get back, but then their second one, they probably won't make as much because they will be like a little more uh, load match, but no, there's no big three area. It's going to be like, you're going to get your guys and figure out how to work around them. 
Yeah, I mean, we're also looking at it, right? Like, you hear the the news that Kyrie is trying to recruit LeBron to the yeah. Mavericks, and everyone's yeah, no, looking at it. And it's like, it's stupid. It's not stupid. with the new CBA, you're not doing that, you know? Because it's, it's like, uh, you can't have it's, three it's max really contract stupid. players. Yeah, it's, it's also very dumb. But it's like, you can't have three max contract players on the same team and make it all work, right? No, so, it's... Well, also, no, hold on. Like, if you had three max contract players, you could make it work if you paid everybody else. But, yeah, but, but then... But the bigger issue is... Difficult. Yeah. What, what is Dallas going to offer... The Lakers to get LeBron, yeah. like they get nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to. LeBron's not getting a buyout, so that, that's what I'm saying. As an example, like that's why it's not going to work. But to match the like, kind of original thing of the stars and everything, I like. I agree with Hayden. Like, you're definitely going to need stars, but I think like organically building your team is, I think, going to be the more positive way because you see the team like he organically built. They found these guys, they scout these guys, they develop these guys. Save the nuggets. They scout these guys, they draft these guys, they develop these guys, look at their team. And then they add the veterans and the pieces that make everything work and click and work in their systems. So I think that's how the NBA is going to go. I don't think players or a lot of stars now are going to recruit. I mean, like Phoenix might be the last example of us seeing kind of that big kind of move. But then again, it wasn't like they're all 25. They're all aging with decent, I mean, high-end contracts, but still decent where they can make some flexibility and make things move if they have to, right? So I think it's going to be interesting time. But, yeah, I think the era of these big three where a bunch of superstars are going to all sign up, I think seeing that the Nuggets and the Heat, two teams that have a superstar, if you want to call Jimmy Butler a superstar, you could, you could say that. I think he is. Jokic, obviously, but then you have really solid players below, like – your your Jamal Murray's he have Gabe Vincent, they have Bam, things like that. Make work, and I think that's what's gonna make the league interesting. I think it's now an era where players are saying, Okay, I can stay in my city, be my star, hopefully bring this talent in for me and we can make things work and compete, you know, because the last few years we've had that example of champions uh that didn't buy the way to a ring if you wanna use that term. They were all teams that were built you organically, whether signing or trading and drafting, you look at Bucks is the same way. They they added, you know, Giannis with Chris Middleton, and then he added all the pieces they need. They win a championship. So, you know, uh, Golden State, obviously, same thing. Yeah, they had to pay these guys to keep them all together, but they did. A lot of the sacrifices, but again, all competitive. So I think that's what the league is turning more, and especially now the CBA, it's going to be way hard for all these top-level stars all team up to try to get their rings. Final thing to discuss Give me your game three predictions at this moment. Denver, Miami, game three in Miami. Denver is opening at minus two and a half. What's going to happen? Heat winning game three or the Heat? Sorry, is the Nuggets winning game three or the Heat winning game three? I'm going to go Nuggets by 10. They're going to win by double digits. Mm. Game three. I'm not going to have a final score because it's too difficult to do, but I'm going to say Nuggets by <laughs> Nuggets by at least 10 in game three with a win. Yeah, for me, I'm saying it's going to be the Nuggets game too. And remember, not only Mike Malone calling out his team, but also you hear um, teammates like Jeff Green has some choice words yeah. regarding the effort. And yeah, I and really how many more shots is Jeff Green going to get at a title? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he man. can't keep on losing. He's got to win at least one. Come on, Jeff. We're rallying <laughs> for you here on the podcast. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Let's get the Sonics one more title. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, clearly. I mean, yeah, this is as long as Denver's on their A game, they're going to be your NBA champions. And though it'd be interesting if Miami won game three for the sake of a series being a series, but I think Denver is going to snap back into reality and win it. Yeah, I got Denver winning. I got Denver too, but I think I I added in five originally. I think it's going to be six now. Denver and six. I originally added in five, but. I'm so I'm, I know I called for the sleep and I lost that. So, but I'm still going Denver in five. Look at my travel. I will stick with Game Six as my um, as, excuse me as my prediction. I think uh, Miami would sneak in a win in Game Four. At least get one at home. I and think Miami's I, gonna. I think Miami's gonna win in Game Five. They're gonna. Uh, Denver's gonna make it three one, and then Miami will make it three two, and then I, then I think Denver's gonna win. But I think mm-hmm. Miami has proven that they can fight. I, I, after after they won, if if there was if it was two zero, I would have said that I would have kept my prediction at five. But I feel like because Miami got a win on Denver's home court, I feel like they're going to win one more. 
Sweet. All right. Good stuff, gentlemen. Well, I'll wrap up our discussion today. Hopefully we'll talk at the end of this week to see where this goes. And yeah, I think beyond everything, let's just have a great quality series. And I sir we'll get that. All right, we'll talk later, guys. See ya. Later. My guys, the productive NBA crew, no one can beat us. Appreciate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Procavo Pod, we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations, and Facebook at Productive Conversations. And check us out on YouTube at Productive Conversations. So we are back with the NBA on Friday, and Friday is the day of game four. So that works out for everybody there. And there will at least be game five. So expect us to discuss that so the next nba show will be released on friday and then after that we will record the next one on next wednesday if there is a game six and we will go take it from there so again it's going to be very very exciting but our next nba show is going to be this friday reviewing game three and previewing game four you do not want to miss it and we also have some ufc coverage coming to you this week as well we are expecting to drop that on thursday and we will have a good time with that ufc 289 out of canada i believe in vancouver but um dolo's coming back and we will cover two we will give our picks and predictions and cover UFC 289 and it's going to be a great time expect that to drop on Thursday I hope everybody has a good start to their week I hope everybody makes some big moves as per usual and yeah I just can't wait to continue this big month where we have big productive conversations and make great great content for each and every single one of you i want to thank hayden nadler fresh faces new ideas alex young for coming on to talk nba finals with me thank you to alexander de jesus aka dolo ren for what he does behind the scenes and i want to thank you the greatest fans and listeners in the world for always supporting us and always being there we appreciate each and every single one of you and we will always give you great content in return my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and i will see you on thursday much love everybody peace